Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, and welcome to episode 220. Crazy. The intro music still makes me smile every time. But anyway, as I say, welcome. I don't know if you're able to tell, but I've got a bit of a, uh, a cough and a cold, so I won't be here too long with this intro. Well, today you've got a bit of a double treat, because I'm speaking to two artists. Both are London artists, although they hail from um, separate parts of Africa, be it Zimbabwe and Uganda. Their heritage and culture within are prominent within both of their practices. They have been friends for some time, although they have only very recently collaborated, and it is that collaboration that we're going to be speaking about today. It's a piece of street art that's 20 metres long, and it's been commissioned by the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail, which kicks off within 10 days of release of this podcast. The Art Trail opens up on the 16th of June and runs till the end of August, and the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week opens on the 22nd of June and runs till the 2nd of July. And we're lucky enough on the Ministry of Arts to be able to speak with many of those artists in the forthcoming weeks. And just before we start, I should thank our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. And there'll be a little message on how to become a Patreon supporter at the end of this podcast. And if that isn't possible, um, on the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile, there's a Linktree drop-down box where you can go and support us with a one-off payment where you can buy us a coffee. And if not, that's absolutely fine. You can listen anyway. That said... Please come with me as I spoke to this collaboration of power, which is Burundi, Kawuya and Bukhani. And how are you this fine day? Um, I'm, I'm good, actually. Yeah, yes. I've had a, a good morning. 
Well, I do have several questions I ask each artist, and because I'm yeah. speaking to two artists today, that does make it a little bit a little bit complex. But I've done it several times, so I know it's going to be fine. And Burundi, if I could start with you, um, the first question is: How would you explain what you do to someone that wouldn't know your work? My work is all about helping myself to be well, and I'm trying to practice and build my practices around what self-care looks like so that I can better be in the world, which is quite a toxic and destructive place. But um, as I keep developing my practice around understanding what it is that I need to be well, I am continually bring, being brought into community and collaboration and partnerships that help me to practice um practice that in in real life so it's no longer about self-care as kind of like navel gazing which my anxiety ridden brain can often <laughs> tell me that um it's about how we support each other to be well yeah um so that's why i make my work and I haven't described any of my work to you, but that's fine, <laughs> <laughs> because that's why I do it. <laughs> well, the, the mental and physical well-being of community, it does feel like it's a bit more under strain in the last couple of years than it, than it has been. We've always had ongoing problems and challenges and slightly uphill struggles in all different parts of the community. But it just feels at the moment, post-COVID, that there's just been so many more pressures put on pretty much everyone at every level of society. I think that has been what has helped to expose what are systemic um, injustices because queer people, disabled people, people who are experiencing homelessness, they've always told us of all of these problems, but until it affected the middle class it exactly. didn't get the attention and I am um I'm a black working class African woman and those are my kind of marginalized identities I wish I didn't have to think of myself that way um and my mental health has contributed to me understanding my status as a disabled woman and for some reason, we've been completely ignoring the disabled community who said that we can work from home and we want to contribute. Um, but now everybody is understanding this, but there's been a real tie to trying to roll back the progress that has been made in the past couple of years whilst we've all been suffering and so many changes have been pledged to happen. It seems to be rolling back and um, this is why we have to continue having these conversations. Agree. Bukhani, may I bring you in and ask you the same question? How would you explain what you do to someone that may not know your work? I think that's a really beautiful uh, description by Burundi and um, oh, a lot in that shows. Yeah, and I think really goes to show why it was so easy to work together because there's such a shared understanding. I would describe my work as mostly interrogating these sort of patterns of how we're all interconnected and um, how my life might touch on another person's life 
um, and impact um, somebody else's life where those patterns are not necessarily obvious and those connections are not necessarily obvious. Um, and I mostly do that through these abstract paintings, which are heavily patterned, and I'm taking paint from one part of the canvas to another um, as a sort of language for that interconnectivity, because as a whole, it makes sense. Um, but also there's sort of beauty in each little corner. Um, and lately I've been working on these stained glass um, paintings where you know, they reflect the light back into the room at really specific times of day. Um, you can see yourself in the work. And so they become sort of portraits by stealth, but also help us to think about, you know, um, references like stained glass windows and churches. And, you know, we start to think about what images have been kind of canonized and sort of made holy. And, you know, can, what happens when you see yourself in that gaze? And um, how do we start to see each other in that gaze? You know, how, when a, the whole room is reflected and you see yourself in this image with whoever else is viewing this work with you. So I'm, I'm really trying to think about, you know, artwork that brings you in, um, sort of tantalizes you with a bit of beauty, but really makes you think about your role um, in, in a wider pattern um, of community um, and allows for that space um, to, to sort of reflect on on some of these uh, themes and issues that Burundi has already spoken about. Um, these are really kind of core uh, to my interest as well. Yeah. Well, you're saying about stained glass windows there or stained glass itself. Mm. It's always been quite humbling to see um, colour and light manipulated. It, it can be sort of all encompassing and really change a mood. You know, I always say that actually the, the stained glass painting, the object that you see isn't the painting. It's that shadow, that that reflected light, that colored light yeah. that only appears only when the sun is out, unless, you know, the, the work is particularly lit in a, in, in a way that allows for that to be a permanent um, installation. But I quite like that you have to be in the moment um, and to catch it just at the right hour. And it's sort of this unexpected joy and uh, sort of brings you into uh, into the moment in a different way. It intervenes on the architecture in a really interesting way for me. So yeah, no, I love I love the idea of that as an, an outdoor, you know, <laughs> yeah, another outdoor mural. I'm now like, where can we do that? <laughs> it's a great idea. And Bukhani, as far as as art itself and the journey of art, how did your journey begin? Was there any art in the home growing up or any creativity in the home? I mean, that's a, yeah, a really interesting question. Um, I would say my family has incredible, just really good taste in my aunts and my grandparents. And and my, I, my aunt used to make some of our clothes growing up. So I was adopted by my aunt when I was six. And she's always had a very beautiful aesthetic in the home. But I can't say I really remember artworks so much especially paintings, I think, having a huge impact on me at that time. Um, when we moved to the UK, I was about 13, and I was a bit behind on things like maths and science. And so my school encouraged me to, rather than doing art, music, and Spanish, to swap them out for chemistry, extra chemistry, extra physics, and extra math. And I did catch up eventually, but the only time I was really in the art room for any significant amount of time was in my part-time job. I was a cleaner after school. 
so my beat, if you will, was like the art room. So every now and then the art teacher would still be in there and we'd have really lovely chats about, you know, what my classmates had been making or what the year above had been making. But it wasn't really until I was about 21 and I went on like a yuppie art course. Um, <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> thing. thing actually because it was in this internship in 2008 to be in an investment bank is not an ideal space right for a young person. <laughs> so and it was incredibly stressful. Everything had to be absolutely accurate and perfect. Um, you couldn't get anything wrong and one of my colleagues said, oh, you know, you can just go across the river to the Tate Modern. And this is the first time that I really became familiar with like abstraction. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is allowed? <laughs> what, celebrated? Are you serious? You know, who said you could just put a splash on paint and that's enough? And I just, you know, um, it felt really um, like an enormous privilege to start to actually go on purpose to seek art and to recognize how slowly it was providing a sense of healing and a sense of wholeness and a sense of, oh, I made something beautiful today, even if nobody else saw it. Yeah. I've made something um, that went from in my imagination to in real life. And that's an incredibly powerful feeling. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, Burundi, this, the same question there. Did you have creativity in home growing up? Um. Yes, this is hilarious because um, my childhood home was filled with photographs, um, batiks, paintings, wood carvings, bark cloth and banana fiber art, baskets, <laughs> mats um, from Uganda. Um, and I've always been supported as a, as a child, I was supported to um, like draw, paint, all of that, but as a hobby. And um, when I wanted to um, explore going to um, study art at uni, my mom, my parents, who both in the NHS recruited from Uganda and, uh, you know, brought into the system here, said, you know, there's no there's no black artists. And I believe them <laughs> because, um, you know, in the early 2000s, I just wasn't exposed to um African or Caribbean artists maybe I didn't seek it out um but I just yeah I just studied uh, business I studied capitalism and I would just make art in my free time because I had the materials and I had the inspiration but um it was there but my parents cheerfully gaslit me and I believe <laughs> for a while um but I understand why because security job security is so important when you yeah. don't have a safety net and you've traveled from Uganda as a 20 year old you know with all the hopes and dreams of my grandparents and their you know their other children my my aunts and uncles their hopes were on my parents yeah. to succeed so art just felt frivolous and not secure not safe so I get it but it's such a gaslighting when I realize how much art I grew up with and in contrast to Bukhani yeah anyway here we are <laughs> you said you was making art in your spare time was it art that was coming from you or was you creating art from what you saw around you as in European inspired or Ugandan inspired 
Oh, uh, no, it's totally Ugandan inspired, except I didn't realize how these images of these, these, these profile silhouettes, often the artwork was of um, women, you know, carrying children on their backs, really traditional Ugandan lifestyle stuff of that time. And I would make artwork of black women in with black skin using uh, Chitengi African print fabrics. So, you know, I thought I was doing something cool and radical, uh, which is now widely known as collage, <laughs> mixed media <laughs> collage. I did not invent it. Um, but I didn't realize it was really directly from the home, which is why, um, you know, I'm really glad I my parents brought their culture and and imprinted it into our home in, in Bromley because that fed me and, you know, allowed my inspiration to, to travel. But yeah, my work has kind of morphed from the politics of just being seen and being identified as an African woman in artwork to what our lives are, whether it's in joy, whether it's in motherhood, whether it's in dance, or, you know, to what I've been exploring more recently, which is health and well-being, and how, um, if we don't understand ourselves, if we're not giving ourselves the time to understand what we need to thrive, we're just going to keep recreating this and perpetuating the systems that are very toxic and, and deadly and harmful. So, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Also, I've made fun of my parents quite a bit. I'm really grateful. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely got a, a, an artwork going on between you at the moment, a collaborative piece. Um, which is part of the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. Did you collaborate before that, or was that your first collaboration? That was our first collaboration. Yeah. Bakani, I'm not even sure how we met, but, um, you know, how I've always just wanted to be in your swirly abstracts paintings, like interconnecting with you, and now we are here (laughs) together (laughs) doing just that. Um, I can't remember. I I thought it was the Some of Us Are Brave exhibition in Notting Hill, but I think we knew each other before that. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe I was just stalking you, and I. Blathered. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably more accurate. Yeah, I feel like we've we've kind of gotten to know each other and mm. built a friendship and gone yeah. to shows and things together. So we were already in conversation mm. um, about art, about the meaning of creating work, given our very similar backgrounds and, you know, what that means at, at this moment in this time. So I think when Walale Tajuddin suggested 
us working together. I was like, wow, this works. <laughs> like, absolutely, you know, because I think a collaboration really requires that sort of mutual respect and kind of trust. And, and so because we already had a friendship, we were, it felt at least to me, like we were already starting a few steps ahead. And I'd always been really keen to find a way <laughs> at some point, I, I, you know, I sometimes joke about manifesting and things, but it's really true. Like we just talked about it. Like if something comes up, I'd be really, really excited to do this. So yeah, I think it was going to happen eventually. I mean, I had seen the work, but I'd only been described your collaborative work. In my mind's eye, I could sort of figure out what it might be. And then when I saw it, man, it's an explosion of colour, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I what I really liked about um, the process was that neither of us were really holding back. You know, Burundi's celebration of the female figure, especially Black womanhood, and the inclusivity of that vision and her kind of saying, you know, bring all your colors. <laughs> you know? um, so given it's such a large space, to really take up that space in a way that invites people, hopefully, you know, to get a bit closer, to feel like, you know, oh, I could, I could be in here. I'm, I'm welcome. That, that was a big part of um, what I hoped for this project. And yes, and London can be grey and grisly. <laughs> and, you know, something that can lift the mood is, is definitely, um, yeah, something that we want to do. Also, we, you know, had a, a, a community workshop. Uh, Burundi and I each led a workshop uh, with women who live locally. And that also helped to inform some of the choices that we made. I live in East London, so... You know, I was really aware that I'm not going to be seeing this every day. Um, but I do know when I walk around locally, how much local street art and billboards and things do have an impact on my day, sometimes very consciously and sometimes just in the background. And recently somebody posted on Instagram what a great start to my day um, seeing this mural was. And I just thought, this, this is why we do it. This exactly. is why we do it. Brilliant. And you mentioned there about the size and its location. Could you just tell us the, the size of it and, and where it can be found? Sure. It's on Freston Road. Um, so I think the nearest tube is probably Shepherd's Bush. You can walk from or Lancaster. Oh, is it Lancaster? Latimer. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Latimer tube. And it's 20 metres across, and we've got about 19 panels, all about one and a bit metres tall. So it's, it's, you know, it's a challenge. I don't yeah, as as paintings go, that's not a bad size painting <laughs> at all, is it? And you kind of go from designing something, maybe on a laptop or sketching in a notebook, to then seeing it at yeah. that scale. And I think, you know, as artists, you have to give yourself room to, you know, maybe not succeed with everything. But it's, you know, when we first saw the space, I was like, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. But you have to take the risk. And um, I'm really glad uh, Rolando, who is a curator we worked with, did really push us. And I do think 
you, you know, it's helpful to have people with whom you can work through things and be really happy um, with the result. Well, just for those listening, because there's, there's obviously no visual on this podcast, um, if I could just separate the collaboration just for a moment. Bukhani, would you be able to describe your input? And then Burundi, I'll ask you to, to describe what you laid over the top of Bukhani's work. Yeah, sure. So um, the background for the work is a painting. Um, so it's actually from a painting called The Landscapes of Our Four Mothers. And part of what I was doing there was creating um, sort of imaginary, still in abstraction, swells and landscapes um, that might help us to think about a different past and maybe reimagine very full of life landscapes. Um, the word that comes to mind is also verdant, like, you know, there's these really rich greens, yeah. and but also the reds and oranges that you might see in tropical fruits and flowers. And so I was really thinking about a, a lush and vividly beautiful landscape. And so when we chose that as a painting, I was just like, great, <laughs> we'd work with other different types of um, tones and, and I've got other paintings um, that we thought about, but this seemed to really work best. And then it's history coming into the theme um, of, the, of the work, which was about being at rest um, and so in previous billboards, I have used text and graphics and overlaid with images of women. So it really felt great to bring that into this as well. I mean, the, the colour and the shape of the work itself is just like a, a sort of flash of carnival itself, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I think before I'd been very, um, I'm from Zimbabwe and I had been to carnival a few times and i remember originally when we were thinking of the work going up it was going to be just before carnival and i remember thinking i don't feel like i know enough about <laughs> carnival because i didn't grow up in a caribbean background and i didn't you know i'm mostly in a in a black african neighborhood and then when we moved to the uk in buckinghamshire <laughs> where you know uh, one of my best friends at school were, her, her mom was from Grenada but we didn't really talk very much about that history so I really loved that what made sense to me also deeply connected with people locally and some of the resonances which you know is our joint histories um, could start to come in together um, it was only later that an aunt of mine said well you remember Bob Molly did come to perform at our independence celebrations in 1918 Zimbabwe <laughs> and I was like there's always been this connection there's always been this conversation and London was sort of a really key part of that and I think part of the reason I was thinking of Lancaster Gate instead of Latimer go to Latimer is <laughs> 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 because you know those negotiations for um yeah independence were at Lancaster Gate in London so you know, I think a lot about like these histories and what might have been visible at the time. Brilliant. Burundi, if I could come to you and your half of the collaboration. Sure. I have been exploring a, um, a body of work inspired by my understanding of 
how it is I'm, I'm able to slip into depression and anxiety and at times really not understand the internalized ableism in me that allows me to keep working keep showing up and just keep beasting myself for the man <laughs> I say that lightly I can I'm glad I can laugh about it now but I've come up with a body of work called um, sisters need sleep um, which is to remind me that I need to take care of myself I need to prioritize my body and my needs and my my mind um, and I can't give that up to uh, another person a corporation I, I can't do that anymore and it's definitely not an ongoing body of work because I'm always being challenged I'm always trying to create the conditions inside of me to be safe and to not risk my health so um this you know the size of this this piece I've never worked on billboards before Bacani has lots of experience working on this scale so I wanted to it made sense that I focused on drawing um these many women from the African diaspora and I really wanted to show as much um, of the diversity in us and to show us in different forms of rest. I've been practicing meditation for a few years now and it can be something that's, that it can put people off because a lot of people think if you rest you have to slow down and be silent. And that's not what we're trying to say at all, because there's many forms of rest. And when we were when we were researching, um, Bacani found um, like there's there's one kind of study that said maybe there's seven types of rest, and we, we that was a jumping off point for us, because in movement there is rest, in singing there is rest, and in the classic laying down in a bed there is rest. And um, how joyous is that? So um, Bacani also included her drawings and together we had this gorgeous psychedelic but also restful meditative colorscape in which to rest the eyes but also provide some gentle stimulation and I think what's also really important about the conversation with rest is that it's the starting off point and for me I want to support people to imagine and create because that's our greatest currency in our imagination, but you can't do that if you're not rested. But if you can create these pockets of rest, perhaps they'll grow, and then perhaps you'll also then imagine how you want to be in life, in yourself, and together in community. With enough creativity and will, we'll be able to overthrow the powers that be and live in a life where we don't have to rely on, on money and jobs to to thrive you know oh, very so. revolutionary but you know going in gently with the the rest message because that has to be the starting off point also just being kind and wouldn't it be nice to not feel so much pressure oh wouldn't it just wouldn't it wouldn't be it nice just. and just standing <laughs> like you just said standing in front of an artwork contemplating what is there there is that moment that sometimes you just leave the world you're in for a few moments mm. and just get transported somewhere else with with any creative with any creative work it doesn't have to be just visual art that's for sure but what a great way to relax is by looking at art is what I say we hope so we hope you can relax <laughs> with 
our mural, Black Women at Rest. And one more time, could you tell us where it is and the easiest way to get there? So Black Women at Rest, the mural that Bakani and I created with the amazing support of Belen Leitashuddin, commissioned by Kensington Chelsea Art Week, is located on Freston Road, W10, and the nearest tube is Latimer Road. It's about a four minute walk from Latimer Road. Splendid. Ladies, thank you very much for your time. It was very much appreciated. And I look forward to going to see your work very shortly. I'll see you later. Hello, I'm Vestalia Chilton, the director of Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. You've just been listening to one of our featured artists. Make sure to keep these dates for the Art Trail starts on the 15th of June and lasts all summer. And Art Week starts on the 22nd of June and ends on the 2nd of July. All of this information is on our website, kcaw.co.uk. We look forward to welcoming you. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine, because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening and until next week, Zadar. like to look five years younger. In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.